Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And now let's hear from Bet Online, our sponsor. Hey, the month of summer's heating up with tons of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From the basketball playoffs, is it the Suns, is it the Bucks, to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This week, I welcome the number two rated quarterback in, in California. Plays for the top-ranked school, St. John Bosco. Quarterback, Caden Hauser, a transfer from Liberty High School in Henderson, Nevada. Caden came to Bosco for the abbreviated season last year, but is looking forward to huge things this season. According to his coach, Jason Negro, he is so coachable and may be one of the best true team players I've ever coached. He's so intelligent and hardworking in every phase of the game, I just enjoy him not only as a player, as a player, but also as a person and a friend. Caden, thank you for taking the time to join me this week. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you come from Liberty, Nevada, and and I looked up the schedule. You guys actually played St. John Bosco your sophomore year, and it was a pretty one-sided affair. What do you remember about that game? Well, that game, that was kind of tough because my sophomore year going into it, um, I was competing for the starting job at Liberty. Um, unfortunately I had a stress fracture in my elbow that kind of happened at a QB collective camp. So I missed the first four or five games of that season. So I was, I was sitting on the bench watching that game. Um, it was definitely one-sided and, um, I kind of came out of that, out of my sophomore year and, um, we can kind of get into that later, but just kind of like my story, but watching that game, I mean, Bosco is a whole different level of football and, um, just seeing them compete against the school I was at. I mean, it's, it's, it's completely different scale. And you, have you always been a quarterback? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, growing up, I played everything. But once I got to, like, middle school, I, I, I stuck with quarterback. That was that was my thing. So, Why did you do that? Was there something that you noticed or that your coaches noticed? It's, hey, this kid's got a strong arm. He's intelligent. He can read defenses. Um, it was it was my decision, definitely. And I just felt like there's no other position in any other sport than, like, playing quarterback. And I love the challenge. And I love being a leader. And I love being the face of a program and – able to be a leader for my teammates so that is definitely one of my decisions playing quarterback and it worked out thus far so what other sports did you play as a kid uh, i played basketball baseball those kind of like the main three baseball basketball and football once i got to high school i stuck with football because that was my passion and what i was best at so okay so let's let's get to that game you know you you played bosco that year your sophomore year at liberty you also played corona centennial you guys go 10 and 5 pretty good season but you decide to come to bosco what was the impetus behind that? And were there, um, was there a big reason for it? Uh, well, one of the main reasons, because my mom's work, um, her work because of COVID required her to be out in LA and her territory manages the LA area. So, and then after my, my sophomore season, um, the quarterback situation at Liberty, they, they had a guy that they rolled with. And um, unfortunately, like I didn't, I didn't really see myself being able to play there and have an opportunity to compete for the job. So 
Um, I looked to transfer, and the rules in Nevada are if you transfer within state, then you lose, lose a year of eligibility. And I didn't think that was the best interest for me. So with my mom's work, plus me trying to find something else to work out for football, I started looking down. And I looked at San Diego. I looked at L.A. I looked at a couple different schools around that area and eventually settled on Bosco. Doug, what would you do? Google great football programs in Southern California and, and, and Bosco comes up? No, definitely. That's that's one of the things I did. But I had a couple connections down to California, so I kind of got insights to what schools I could look at and which ones are kind of looking for a guy. And, um, yeah, I kind of weighed my options. And you go to one of the top high schools in the nation. And in, in I say this all the time, the top league in the nation. I challenge people to find a better league top to bottom. You obviously knew about Bosco. Did you know how good the Trinity League was? Yeah. I mean, looking out from the outside, you'd be like, what is this kid doing coming from a program, not be able to play and coming to like the national champions. And, but I mean, everything that I saw, I looked at a couple schools and I, I, I took the opportunity to go on a visit and look at Bosco and meet with the coaching staff. And um, they, they were straight up with me and they were like, this is the best, the best program in the country. And you're going to have to come in and compete. And um, where I stood, I was, I felt like I can compete with anybody in the country and I felt like I can come in and compete for the job. And after seeing what they had to offer in the, like the facilities and everything they, they do to develop their players. I, it felt like home to me. And once I made that move, I, I knew it was the right move because my game only excelled from there. Now, when you first got to Bosco, it's, we're right in the middle of the pandemic. How did you adjust? Because we all know that, you know, you couldn't use a football, you couldn't be with your teammates and everything's done on Zoom. So how difficult was you wanting to come in, get to know the coaches, get to know your teammates? It was a tough transition because I was only on campus with uh, with the teammates and the coaching staff for a couple months and only got to know the guys for like a little bit until everything got shut down. So most of my learning came from on Zoom and meeting with the guys through through my cell phone and through social media and stuff like that. So that was a tough, tough kind of sliding right there, just trying to deal with that, just building a relationship with the teammates. But I mean, I was on like three hour Zooms with the coaches, just getting everything dialed in. It, it worked out so far. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that opportunity. And they'll send you the playbook. It's easy to look at a playbook and say, okay, this is the play. But how difficult was it for you to actually learn how to um, execute everything that was in there? Uh, well, a lot of that was just learning and talking with the coachings. But um, when I would do like throwing sessions with the wideouts and stuff like that, I'd work those routes and those plays and I'd kind of go through it like on air before I went and did it in team and stuff like that. So a lot of it was just on my own, just mentally preparing and understanding my assignment on every single play. How long did it take you to get used to your skill guys? Cause, and, and, and we'll talk about how much talent you had there, but to get everybody together and to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm your new quarterback. And you know, who are you and who are you? And everybody's wearing name tags and, and how much teaching did they do for you? Um, yeah, that was that was difficult too because I wasn't coming in being the guy. No one really knew who I was. I came in just to kind of compete. So the biggest thing is you have to be personal. You have to show that you're a leader. Um, so I, what a great thing was I, I got to build a relationship with a lot of guys, and especially like my offensive side of the ball, I got to build a relationship with my linemen, my receivers, my running backs. And once I did that, it was pretty easy just finding a connection with them and being able to build that relationship with them. Because it's a brotherhood down there. And I, I've said this on several podcasts that the – the faith-based all-boys school, there's something special about the relationship that you build and that you have with not only your teammates, but the entire student body. Did you find that true coming from a co-ed school? Yeah, that was uh, that was another thing I had to get used to, too, was going to an all-boys school. And I didn't really know how that was going to work out, how the 
dynamic was going to be, but the brotherhood that they built there and everything, it's everything that I ever wanted in high school is I built such a great relationship with all my teammates and everyone at Bosco. And that brotherhood is really true. And yeah, it's a great, it's, it's a great spot. It's kind of like you're just going to school with your buddies all day. Yeah. It just it's, it's like a boys club. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, culture is a huge deal, both at, at successful and unsuccessful schools in, in every athletic program, in every business, no matter where you go. The culture at Bosco is fantastic. How did you see yourself fitting in when you came in? And what did you do to fit in to find to find your little niche in there as, as the quarterback? Um, well, the one thing you look at is the guys that they produce the next level and just seeing how all the guys that they produce the next level, everything they said about them is they're hardworking people. They come in, they have a chip on the shoulder and they're ready to work. And that's kind of how I label myself. I feel like I come in and I'm a hard worker and I come in the weight room and go into meetings with like, I'm going to win mindset. And I come in focused. And once I did that and shown that to my teammates, they, they built the trust around me. And I, I felt like I, w- I was a leader early, early on, just trying to build my teammates up. And we all, we all came in together because of COVID and we had to, we had to buckle down and really become a team for us to battle through that. And I feel like that really applied to our success, our success too, because um, we really had to become like a, a team bonding kind of a approach to it because it was tough playing in COVID and stuff like that. But I'm um, just going in with the right mindset every day. Definitely. Did the fact that you guys were apart so much make it that much more special when everybody got back together? Definitely. hundred percent. Um, how long do you think it really took you to just become one of the guys where, you know, you're not the new guy anymore? Um, it took a little while because of COVID and stuff like that being online. But once we got back in summer ball and practicing, it only took a couple of weeks. Did, did the prolonged offseason kind of help you, you know, not playing the spring, help you learn the system a little bit better where you could become more proficient in things? Definitely. Yeah, I felt like I had way more time to understand my assignment as well as everyone else's assignment on each play. And that only applied to my development and understanding the offense. And that applied to the field in the six game season that we had in spring, too. Do you feel like you guys were shortchanged, you know, only six games, no championship? Or was it how much did you learn about yourself and the team from there? Because you look at a lot of the guys that were seniors, you know, they're, they're playing their six games. They want their senior year. But, you know, that's normally spring football, and a lot of teams are preparing for the next season. How did you guys go about dealing with that? Well, one thing we had to do was we we worked. We practiced throughout that whole year. I mean, never, it was – our season kept getting pushed back and pushed back, so we really didn't know when we were going to have, have games. So we, we always stayed optimistic, and it was tough just kind of dealing with that too, just keeping everybody optimistic and – keep everybody going 100% of practice when we don't we don't we don't really know if we have a season or not so being able to have that six game season is a blessing because it kind of it kind of set up it gave us identity as a team and I feel like that's going to only transition in this season now and I feel like we've become even more stronger as a team and I'm excited for this year the fact that there was hey we're gonna have a season hey we're not hey we are hey we're not did you guys ever get into one of those ruts where man what are we doing this for because we just don't know and if you did, how did you deal with that as a program? Um, yeah, definitely like late, late December, early January. That was like the time we were supposed to play our season. We It got canceled. So a lot of the guys were kind of checking out and not really giving 100%. And I give credit to the leadership, like Coach Negro and Coach Lowe. And also like the seniors too. They just, they kept bringing everybody together and keeping that same focus of like dog mindset. Just come out every day and compete as hard as you can. 
And and those seniors, they were looking at it as, hey, I've only got six games left in my high school career. And and for somebody like, you know, Yele Moore, who I had on the podcast a few months ago, yep. hey, he really didn't have any game film. It was really important for him to kind of get that out. So, you know, what did you learn from those seniors about now you being the guy and being the leader? Um, yeah, they gave 100%. I mean, all my seniors that I've got to know and got to spend time with, they, they were playing that last game like it was the last football game ever. So they were just giving 100% every day at practice. And that that translated down to the juniors and the sophomores. And I feel like I take responsibility now because I'm a senior to go out every day at practice, every day at lifts, and just give everything I have just to motivate the younger guys on the team. Are you a vocal leader or are you more of a sit back and just lead by example kind of guy? Uh, last year, I'd say I was a little more a little more laid back. It was my first year. I didn't really get to uh, build a really strong relationship with the guys. But this year, I, I've, I've really grown as a leader. And right now, I'm like, I'm leading stretching lines and getting guys going. And I've become definitely a vocal leader. Being around that much talent, you, you've got some phenomenal skill guys. You've, you've got a great offensive line. You know, with good guys like Luke and Booher and and Mateo, who's 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 he's a man right now. What is it like for you to sit back in that pocket or hand the ball off to guys or or you know drop back and see? I've got this wall of humanity in front of me. I, how comforting does that make you feel? It's it's a big relief. You can go into a game in any situation and have comfort that your guys around me are gonna they're gonna make plays. I feel like I can hand the ball off to Speedy and he can take it for a 90-yard touchdown on any play given. So that's it's a big relief on my shoulders too, as well as like the receivers along with Mateo. Um, any ball I put up there, they can go catch. So it's definitely a relief and it makes me play better. And it's it's got to make everybody play better because, you know, on some teams it's, you know, this guy wants his 35 carries and this guy wants his 10 catches a game. But the culture at Bosco is, yeah, we're going to give it to this guy. We're going to throw it to this guy. And you'll get your chances. Is that – do you feel pressure to get the ball to somebody or is it just what the offense dictates? Um, our, our offense, we, we don't have guys that are, that are in our offense. They're, everyone is everyone's part of the team and we're all one offense. There's not one particular guy that stands out. Um, everyone gets the ball pretty much evenly, and I feel like that makes our team better is just everyone works together to get one goal, and that's the score touchdowns. And everybody wants to win, and that's the culture that we were talking about that Coach Negro and everybody kind of instills that you know coming in that this is the way it is. This is brave football. Definitely. I'm sure you've got a quarterback coach. And how well do he and Coach Negro work together as far as technique and reads and stuff like that? Um, are you talking about my quarterback coach at Bosco or outside of Bosco? Oh, yeah, because there are so many guys that, you know, they go to the private guy, then there's a coach at the school, yeah. you know, and, and all that stuff. And sometimes – there's there's a disconnect where one coach says one thing and the other coach says another. What's that relationship like? That they're on everyone's on the same page. I feel like I'm on the same page with my quarterback coach and coach Negro. Um, we all work together to make me the best football player I can be. As that goes with mechanics, that goes with mental, that goes with just executing plays. I feel like we're all on the same page with on that side of the ball. And you see that you know your your quarterback mate Pierce Clarkson, his dad, one of the best known quarterback coaches out there. Do do you ever just ask him a question or ask him for advice or does he kind of just stay off in the shadows and, and let the coaching staff do their thing? He's, he's kind of laid back and lets the coaching staff do their thing. But when I get my opportunities to talk to him, I definitely ask questions and ask for things I can do to improve my game. Recently you were at the elite 11 and, and that's gotta be a, a tremendous experience, not only being involved in something that prestigious, but being around that many great quarterbacks, 
What did you take away from the other competitors as well as the coaching that you got? Um, I was My mentality going in is I just want to be a sponge. I want to take up as much information as I can and also be able to compete with the top in the country. I wanted to see where I kind of where I kind of was at in the pack, and I thought I competed really well. I learned a lot. I took so many notes, and it was definitely a great experience, and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to be part of the 11. Did you make any friends up there, like guys around the country, guys in Southern California, or did you did you know anybody going in? Uh, I knew a couple guys going in. I knew Malik Murphy from uh, Sarah, and then I knew Nate Johnson because they're kind of local guys. Um, I got to know Cade Klubnick, who's in my group too, Walker Howard, A.J. Swan, Nick Evers. Those were all guys in my group kind of for quarterbacks, and I got to build a really good relationship with all them. So that was awesome. And you're going to see them in college as you move forward and compete against them? We had a couple We had a couple guys in the Big Ten with me too, so I'll be able to play a couple games against them. That's that's awesome. Now, what what specifically did you get out of that? And was there anything that you can bring back to Bosco and say, hey, coach, I learned this. I found this out. What do you think about this? And, and guys kind of bounce ideas off each other. Um, going with meetings, I feel like reading defenses made it a lot easier, kind of talking with the quarterbacks and stuff like that with the coaching staff. Um, I Like recognizing defense and defensive schemes, I feel like I can pull that from Elite 11 and translate that to go into Bosco. So. Last year was a weird year for everybody. Bosco's loaded at quarterback, obviously. You, Pierce Clarkson. Um, how is the relationship between you guys as you both compete for a starting spot? Um, early on, it was kind of rough because we both wanted to win that spot, and we were we were really trying and really pushing to be that to be that guy. And once we decided that we had to split reps and split time, um, we kind of we built like a strong relationship together because we both push each other to be the best we can be. And um, I thank him for that because he came out to practice and gave his hundred percent too. So competing against that, it only made me a better player. And as of now, we're we're really good friends, and I have I, I love Pierce. I mean, he, he makes me a better player, and I I love competing against him and every day at practice. So very thankful. And you come off the saw off the field to the sidelines and he may say, Hey, I saw this. And he may come off and you may say, Hey, I saw this. And, and I'm sure you guys work really well together. Yeah. We bounce ideas off each other and bounce things that we see. And like, if, if he makes a bad play, then I, I, I talk with him and be like, what'd you see here? And that's same for me too. So we have a really good relationship. Now, um, what are your strengths as a quarterback and what do you need to do to improve, to get better, to be more successful this season and in the future as you, as you head off to East Lansing in a year? Um, one of the one of my part of the games that I, I really – I don't know how to word this. Um, a part of my game that I really, like, enjoy is, um, like, my mental side of the game. I feel like I've really expanded um, just on the mental side and be able to read defenses and be able to understand the offense and put the ball in a good spot. Uh, another thing is, too, I feel like I can uh, – I can make plays with my feet. I feel like that's a part of my game that I've grown that not a lot of people really know about is how well I can move and make plays with my feet and stuff like that. Um, another thing I can work on is is just experience. I mean, I've only played really six games of high school football, and being able to go in the season and play as much as I can, that only maybe can be better for as I go into East Lansing. And you're, we talked about it earlier. You're in the toughest league. You know, you're playing a couple of out-of-state teams, I think one from Illinois, one from Virginia. Yep. And and Coach Negro, does he never backs down from anybody. He's constantly looking for, you know, those out-of-state teams that are the, the top teams in their conference and in their state. So that's got to make you feel like, hey, Coach believes in us that we can go out and compete against these guys. Yeah, playing great competition is only going to benefit us because if we play the best competition, that's only going to make us better. And I feel like even in the Trinity League, too, we play the best competition. So that definitely helps out our, our team overall. 
And I, you, there's some other stud QBs in, in your league. I mean, Noah from Servite. And I'm sure you guys see each other on the seven-on-seven circuit. You're all very competitive. You want to beat each other. But what are the off-the-field relationships you guys have with each other in your league, if, if there really are any? Uh, we have a really good relationship, especially with Noah and Malik, too. Um, I, I train with them outside the field, too, and also at camps and stuff like that. So if we're on the field, we're super competitive and trying to compete against each other. But off the field, we're really good friends. Um, a little bit of trash talk maybe before or after a game and say, hey, we got you this time, but we're going to come for you next time. Because you look at Servite and the offensive talent that they have, they're, they're, they're pretty good too. I mean, you guys are good, and, and, and you look around that league. I guess uh, Santa Margarita just won, yeah. I think it was the Battle at the Beach. So, you know, they're up and coming. But how much trash talk is there between all you guys? Uh, it's, it's pretty mutual. I mean, it's back and forth a couple times, but – at the end of the day, we're all we're all trying to compete against each other, and it's all a good feeling. So, yeah. Yeah, and you just want your team to win, and you're all friends in the end. Definitely. Uh, what are you looking most forward to this season? Um, I'm looking to finally get a full season in with the team. I feel like that's just only going to build our bond as a team. I'm excited to play an out-of-state game and travel up to uh, I think it's Illinois. Yeah. Home. So I'm excited for that. What do you guys need to do as a team to make another championship run? you know, to win the league again and, and to, you know, keep the, the name of Bosco up there among the top teams in the country. We can't lose sight of our goal. I feel like we have a couple games where we know we're going to be better than the other team and we can't, we can't lose sight of what we're trying to do. We're trying to win a championship. So we got to come to every day and practice every day and lifts and every day and every game just with the right mentality and going hundred percent, hundred miles an hour. Recruiting. You committed to Boise state and every, you know, and then, do you think, and I'll, before I get to the, the recruiting question, do you think that in recruiting that, that schools are pressuring kids to commit too early when maybe they haven't been given a chance to really explore all their options? And they'll say to you, hey, Caton, you know, we really want you here, but we got three other guys that want to come here. So if you really want to come here, we need you to commit. Did you feel any pressure from anybody? Uh, I did. I did. I felt like I committed pretty early and – um I just I wasn't really getting any more other offers, so I felt like that was the right decision at the time. Um, that that kind of goes to every school too. I feel like every school wants to lock up their guy early, and they can they can use stuff like that, like kind of tactics like that, try to get the guy to commit. What was the recruiting process like for you, not being able to travel and take visits and go see campuses? Um, I, well, I never really got to see any campuses, so I I committed to Boise on a whim. I, I've never been up to Boise, and I've never been on like an official visit or visit to colleges, so. That was kind of weird just trying to commit because I've never seen Boise before or went up there and met the coaches in person. So um, it, it, it was different, and I had to adjust to it, and I made the right decision in the end, and I'm happy in my decision. So then you take a trip to Michigan State, and then what went into you changing your mind from Boise to Michigan State? Um, well, I had a great feeling about Michigan State because I've been in contact with uh, the OC for a while now, and I just had to go up and see it for myself, especially on official visits. So. Um, going in there, I, I had an open mind. I just wanted to see what they had to offer. And everything that I saw, it, it made sense for me, and it made it felt like the right fit. It took a couple of days to kind of weigh my options, and um, I made that phone call, and I feel great about it. What is it that you are looking most forward to? Because the Big Ten, you, you look at the, the Power Five conferences, obviously the SEC, those, those people are crazy. They show up on Tuesday yeah. to get ready for a Saturday game. And then, you know, there's there's the Big Ten – which and there's some traditional, you know, college powerhouses in there. What is it about Michigan State and 
just the whole environment that really sold you on everything. I think you said it yourself, the environment that Michigan State has. I mean, walking and getting off the plane and going to East Lansing, I feel like the, the town that I that I walk through and going to facilities and stuff, it's it's everyone loves Michigan State football. And that's what I that's what I want for myself. I wanna I wanna I love the fans and the fan base and everyone loves Michigan State football down there and yeah. And you now hate maize and blue, right? We do, we do. We don't like to on the road. How how quickly did it take you to, to 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 have that come to Jesus moment where I don't like Michigan State and I don't like Ohio State? Once I committed, it was it was over. I mean, one of my one of my close friends just committed a school down the road, and um, I we can't be friends anymore, man. So that's, that was kind of the phone call. So that's awesome. But you're still you'll be friends off the field. But on Saturdays when we're visiting or you're visiting, yeah. it's you know it's it's me versus you. Definitely. Well, you know, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I hope that we that our prep zone crew gets out to do one of your games this year. I know you guys are either on prep zone or you are on you know TV every week, and and hopefully our crew gets assigned to do one of your games because Coach Negro is one of my favorite guys yep. in the entire Southern section. But before I let you go, I want to ask you five off the wall questions that okay. have a July Fourth theme. Okay. All right. Hot dog eating contest. Do you watch it or not? I do not. I do not. I would get grossed out and probably throw up. So Okay. What do you barbecue on the 4th? Burgers and bratwurst. Okay. So mustard or ketchup on the brat? And if mustard, what kind? Mustard. Just plain mustard. But mustard on the brat. Anything else? Nope. Just mustard. Mustard and bun. All right. Dessert. Typical apple pie on July 4th or something else? Ooh. Yeah, apple pie is the go-to. Apple pie is the go-to. If not, um, peach cobbler. All right, vanilla ice cream? Vanilla ice cream. All right. Fireworks, really cool or you know what? I've seen it before. They're all the same. Uh, I love fireworks. I love watching fireworks. You only see them like maybe twice a year, New Year's and uh, 4th of July. So seeing it, I love fireworks. Actually, my house, I can see the Disneyland fireworks from my house. So we get to see those pretty much every year. So. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a big fireworks guy too. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Well, you know, thanks for taking the time. Best of luck moving forward this year and as your career at Michigan State. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Only about 40 days until high school football season starts. Should be a great year in Southern California. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.